You're listening to the Accounting Influencers Podcast. This is your access to world-class accounting leaders, global influencers, and thought leaders. Discover what makes accounting firms great and accounting professionals world-class. Sponsored by Dext. Make the businesses you advise more productive, profitable and powerful with better data and insights. Welcome to the Influences in Accounting podcast with me, Rob Brown, interviewing experts, gurus, legends all over the world in the accounting and fintech space to talk about what really counts and helping you raise your game. We're part of the Accounting Influences broadcast network. One of our shows or partners is WealthAbility's Tom Wiltwright. We're thrilled to have him back today for the second time. We don't invite everyone back twice, Tom, but it's lovely to have you with us. Always good to be back with you, Rob. I don't always accept the call to come back either, so... But it's always a privilege to be with you guys. Superb. You shared some wonderful insights with us last time on how firms and why firms should differentiate themselves in the accounting space. And you said it was all about choosing your clients and serving them really well. And we're going to deep dive into a hot topic of yours, which is client service. You're really passionate about this. How did you get stirred and interested in client service? That's a really interesting question. I don't know, because I've always been, I've always felt that way. I love entrepreneurs. So I'm the son, grandson, and great-grandson of an entrepreneur. And I just, I love the energy. I love the dy- the dynamics that entrepreneurs bring to the world. I think uh, entrepreneurs are the lifeblood of the world. And so when I started my first CPA firm in 1995, I had two goals. My first goal was to have a place where people loved coming to work. And my second goal was to provide the highest level of service to the entrepreneur because I saw that when I was in the big accounting firm and when I was at Ernst & Young, we served entrepreneurs. But in the 90s, they went away from that. As they consolidated, went from eight to six to five to four. They went away from the true entrepreneurs and they now they just serve the big companies, right? You don't pay three, four hundred thousand dollars a year in fees. They're not interested in you. And most entrepreneurs are lucky to make three, four hundred thousand dollars a year. I and I love the little guy. I love people who are growing and dreaming. I love dreamers. And I I just I prefer client. I I'll be honest. I prefer clients to CPAs. So that's probably it. You're an unusual being in that you're an entrepreneur and you're a CPA. You run a CPA firm. You have a podcast for CPAs, but you also serve a business community and entrepreneurs, as you say. There's often a call for accountants to think more like entrepreneurs and have that commercial acumen and that business knowledge, business awareness, so that they can help the business owner better. Do those two wells collide for you or should all accountants and entrepreneurs be more like each other? In in our wealth building network, we have this network of 60 or so CPA firms in the US and Canada. We won't take you unless you're an entrepreneur first and a CPA second. And the reason is, because how are you going to relate to the clients that we bring you, which are all entrepreneurs, if you're not an entrepreneur yourself? And the question is, what makes them an entrepreneur? And I spent, as a young man, as a Mormon missionary, I spent two years in France getting rejected in French. And uh, I, I learned entrepreneur, that's a French word. It says enter in and take control. It's entrepreneurs enter into a market and their goal is to take control of a market. And if you're really all you want to do is produce work, you should probably be an employee. That's the better position for you. If you want to 
really serve the client and really get out there and make a difference in the world, then that's when you want to be an entrepreneur. I, I'm a dreamer and I love the dreamers. So I spent a lot of time with them. If we look at the classic chartered accountant or certified public accountant over there, I wonder why they joined the profession. I'm a part qualified accountant and a former high school math teacher. So I have some say in this, but I didn't go all the way with my accountants by nature. They're very data driven. They're very black and white. They're very risk averse. We might say introversion, not generally the attributes you would put to an entrepreneur. So are we looking at two different animals here, or is there a case to make them both? I think you're right. I think most CPAs are not entrepreneurs and they're not naturally entrepreneurs. I, but I do think most CPAs do care about their clients. That, that is my experience, is that most accountants really do care about serving their clients. And if you care about serving your clients, a lot of it is just, it's just learning some of the things you do. It's not even, I don't think you have to learn how to sell to some extent you do. Now in our network, you actually don't because we sell for you. But it, it, most people start in the firm, they go, wow, I have to go and bring in clients. Are you kidding me? Why don't you do a really great job for your clients? Now, my wife is a good example. My wife's a CPA. She has her own firm. And she, you would not consider her to be a salesperson at all. Okay. You'd look at me and go, okay, Tom, yeah, you like to sell. You'd look at Luann and you go, yeah, she didn't like to sell. But she has a never-ending stream of business. She could be as big as she wanted to be. And the reason is because her clients love her. And she gets constantly referred. And she is constantly turning people down. Because she is so focused on her clients that they, they literally will ask her, well, you're not going to fire me. Are you? They're scared to death of being fired by her. And she's just established. She has established her own brand. Like we talked about in our last podcast, and she's very well established. She says, this is how you work when you work with me. And if you don't work with me this way, then you will not be a client very long. And she's very clear about that. And what that does is it means that the clients who like working that way, and then they have friends that like working that way, they want to refer their friends. So it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be big and you don't have to be, uh, you don't have to be a 50 person CPA firm or a hundred person CPA firm. You can be a three-person CPA firm, be very happy and be very successful and make a lot of money. I, th I think it really, a lot of it depends on what's your goal in life. Where do you want to be? I, I've never wanted to be a big CPA firm ever. I, we got big and I ended up selling that firm because I think we got, I thought we got too big. And, and now with the current CPA firm I have, it's about right. I'm not planning to grow. So it's really, what do you want? We're talking about client service and I've just written down a word that you said caring. And when we hear that word, we associate attributes like empathy and sympathy. But are we necessarily asking CPAs to care about their clients as people are clear about the results and outcomes they get for those clients? I think there's a little bit of both. I don't typically go to my friends and make them clients. I typically will turn a friend down to be a client. But are my clients, am I friendly with my clients? Absolutely. Do we talk about personal stuff? Yeah, we do from time to time. But mostly what I want to do is make sure that they're getting everything that they need and that they are every year paying less tax than they paid the year before. My job's very clear. My job's very clear. They don't, my clients come to me because they want to pay less tax le legally and that's our brand and that's what we do. So we're just very, you know, we're very focused on that. There's a lot you have to do. It's a hard work. Don't get me wrong, Rob. Client service the right way is a lot of work. And I will tell you, so we don't, we, 
we bill our clients differently. We bill them a monthly fee and we include all our services. They get an IRS audit. We don't bill them more. They get a notice from state. We don't bill them more. We're talking to them on a monthly basis. We're very much a concierge service and not everybody wants to do that. But the question is, are you going to be transactional or, re or relation? Is it a transaction based firm that you want, or is it a relation based firm you want? I, I'm, I like people. So for me, it's going to be a relation based. I want a relation based firm. I don't want a transaction based firm and a transaction based firm. You're always end up competing on price. You end up constantly having to look for new business. And with a relationship, you don't because you're really, what you're giving them is a relationship that they can depend on. They know they can always call you. And if they don't call you, you'll call them. So where do accounting firms, CPAs, accountants go wrong with client service? So a couple of things. First of that, all, that was a big sigh there. Like you've got a really long list. It's a, it's a very big one, but our tagline for our network is better clients, better practice, better life. So I think everything starts with better clients and it's better clients means better client service. And one of the problem reasons that we don't get better client service is because we don't build them enough. And I think that we, I tend to say we don't pay people enough because we don't bill enough because we don't do enough. You just have to let your clients know, this is what we're going to do. Do you want to do it or not? And if you don't want to do it, then I'll find somebody who does. And we had a big shift. This is the first year we did this monthly fee. And that was a big shift for our clients. And we had some clients go, wait a minute. I don't understand. Cause we had, we raised our fees because we were going to do more. And they said, I'm not so sure about this. And I said, it's okay. If you don't want to do it, that's fine. It's up to you, but this is how we're going to work with our clients because we want to provide that level of service and we don't want you to be afraid. Here's one of my biggest pet peeves is that if we bill, especially if we bill by the hour, if we bill by the hour, our clients are always afraid of picking up the phone because they're going to get charged for it. And of course they are. But the other part is that we're always afraid of doing extra work because we don't want the pushback on the fees. So why don't we instead say, here's the work we're going to do, figure out what that fee should be that works both for us and the client, and then charge that fee instead of focus on output, not input. And we, I think we focus way too much on billing. We bill for input, not for output. And I think that's a huge mistake. I love that, Tom. And you just made the link there between caring and billing because you can care as much as you like. But if you can't do what you need to do to service that client because you're not billing enough or you haven't got enough margin, then all the empathy in the world is not going to help you serve, is it? I always tell people, do you really want your accountant driving a car that's not as nice as yours? And some people say, yeah, I don't want my accountant. I drive a Ferrari. I don't want my accountant driving a Ferrari. And why not? Why, why wouldn't you want an accountant that's so good that they can buy a Ferrari if you're, they're going to serve people who drive Ferrari? To me, it makes sense. And but that's a... That's something I learned a long time ago in sales training, and I've taken a lot of sales training over the years. But one of the people I follow, I've always followed is uh, David Sandler's approach, Sandler Sales Training Institute. And, and one of the things that, that they say at Sandler is that um, you have to go into every opportunity with, I don't need your business. And I think we need to do that. While we need to care about the clients, we have to say, look, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. If this doesn't work for you, I'm okay with you saying no. So no is an acceptable answer. Um, what's not acceptable is saying, I'll think about it. That's not an acceptable answer. 
but saying yes or no, both acceptable. And so when we go into a sales call, for example, we'll tell them right up front. So by the end of this call, we'll have either a yes or a no. And is that okay? Can we agree that you're going to either say, yes, I want to move forward or no, I don't want to move. Or there may be, I need more information, but that'd be the only option is that I may need a little more information. We run out of time. I think though, that if you, what most CPAs do is they let people have the hook. Remember in, in a sales situation, somebody is always selling and somebody's always buying. And for most CPAs, the CPA is buying and the client is selling and the client's a better salesperson than you are. If you're doing work that you're not getting paid for, if you're not getting paid enough, if, if you're having a challenge collecting, then it means that your client is a better salesperson than you are. And that's really all it means. Good client service. What separates the, the good accountants from the great ones when it comes to client service? What kind of things are we looking at? So I always look at it as I look at expense versus asset. Typically people, we want to reduce our expenses. We're always trying to reduce our expenses. And so if you're an expense to your client, they want to reduce the amount they pay and the amount of time they spend. But if you're an asset, meaning that an asset is something that puts money in your pocket. So if you can pay me $10,000 and I could put $20,000 in your pocket, the natural reaction is if I paid you 20,000, would you put 40,000 in my pocket? And if I paid you 50,000, would you put 100,000 in my pocket? Because what I'd really like is I'd like a really good return on my investment. And that's how entrepreneurs think. They're always thinking about if I spend this money, what is the result to me? So that's why, for example, we, we have a practice in our profession where we bill for things that our clients don't value. So we bill for a tax return. Our client doesn't value a tax return. The value to a client of a tax return is a big fat zero. I don't want tax return prepared. They have to have one. They don't want it prepared. If they could do something else, they certainly would. But would they like their taxes reduced? Absolutely. So if we can reduce their taxes and doing the tax return is part of that process, I love that. Or if we can analyze their financial statements and come up with, okay, here's some KPIs. Here's some things that you ought to be looking at. They love that. They, what I want to be is I want to be a profit. I want to be the profit center. So I have a rule in our company, Rob, I haven't told you this before. The rule is that we don't have any cost centers. We only have profit centers. And that's the rule I have with my clients. If I'm not a profit center for my clients, then they should not hire me. You know, that that's my job. My job is to increase their bottom line. That is, I think that's the accountant's job is to increase the bottom line of your clients. And if you're not increasing the bottom line, then either you're doing something wrong or you got the wrong client. And that, it seems so obvious, but it needs saying, to go back to basics, most CPAs and accountants are selling a product or a service, but they don't dwell enough on the outcomes and the results and the impact of those. And I guess it takes us in a way back to the compliance versus advisory debate, doesn't it? That just doing the bare minimum and the stuff that's mandated and keeps people out of jail and and that basic service, that there's no margin in that. There's no real uplift in that in terms of ROI for the client. No, there really isn't. Again, client doesn't, I know people, I know, I know accountants who charge for tax returns and give consulting away for free. I'm going, you have it backwards, right? Charge for the consulting, give the tax return away for free because charge for what they value, give away what they don't value. And that's the better answer. And what we do is we just package it all together. You don't, you don't get to choose between them. We make sure we package it all together. Now, I will tell you, some people will talk to once a quarter. Other people we talk to twice a month. So it really depends on the person and their situation. Every once in a while, we'll handle an IRS audit. I'll tell you what, 
not having to record time. So we don't record our time. And we don't track, we don't track our time. We actually track how much time a project's going to take because that's how much time it's going to take to get the output. But we track the output and it completely changes the dynamics of the company. And it changes the dynamics for the client because you're focused on the output for the client. You're not focused on constantly how many hours are people working? How much, how many billable hours do we have? What's their realization? Who cares? What you care about is what's your profit margin and what output are you producing to the client and what value do they place on it? And it's important in your eyes, Tom, that the accountancy PA educates the client on this is the way we work. These, this is the results that you can. It's going to set the expectations, either you or the client. Just know that, right? So we do what's called an upfront contract. And we say, you did it with me when we before we started recording. You said, how much time do you have? This, what do you want to talk about? This is who the audience is. This is what we're going to do. That's an upfront contract. We do the same thing with every time we meet with the client. Okay, what, what issue's going on? What do, you, what do you want to accomplish here? And let's get this done. So I've got a call later today with a client and they do their estate planning. Great. That's what we're going to do. They're going to have their estate planning attorney on, and we're going to we're going to walk through their estate plan, which they haven't done yet. It really is focusing on again. It's focusing on the outputs. What does the client want, and not don't worry so much about the inputs. And we talked in the last session. You differentiating that it's much easier if you're a firm owner that you can set culture, and set expectations and differentiate yourself. But it's a little bit easier for an accountant working for somebody. Not necessarily having that autonomy and control, but they have their own client base, their own portfolio, so they can dictate to a degree how they handle those clients and what level of service they give them. On, on top of that, I would suggest that if they said, how about, how if they went to their employer and said, all right, how much revenue do you expect out of me this year? Yeah. And the employer could probably, the partner would probably tell them that, right? Yeah. They say, do you care how I do it? They're probably, the partner's probably going to say, what do you have in mind? Okay, I don't want you to do anything illegal, but what do you have in mind? And would it be okay if I just charge my clients up? What if I just charge them a flat fee at the beginning of the month and then we just get the work done? Would you be okay with that? I'm going, you know what? That would be, a, a, that would be so refreshing to hear an, an idea like that for an employee. You just go, this is great. Let's test it with your clients. You're willing to take that risk. I'm willing to take that risk. Let's test it. Okay. And, but whatever it is you want to do, I will tell you that most, I think most owners of any company would kill for new ideas from their staff. Just kill for it. I know I would. Martin Bissett, my co-host, shared a story with me on one of our recent shows about a five-partner firm. One of the partners wanted to take the firm in a direction of more advisory services. And the other four were very compliance-based. So he said, look, how about this? I'll do nothing but advisory work. You give all your clients to me and I'll do the advisory and you can take all my compliance work and you can keep all the money from all my compliance work. But I will just do advisory work and you keep all your money and I'll make all my money. How does that sound? We still stay together. And that's what they did. And guess who made the most money in the following year? And guess who had the best and most loyal clients? For sure, for sure. So to wrap this up, Tom, You've got your podcast, you've got all the events that you do, and we'll put those in the show notes so people can check those out. You serve a community of CPAs and a community of entrepreneurs. Tell us briefly what you do, but I want to end up by asking you, what are your best two or three tips for great client service for accountants? But uh, just explain the WealthAbility Empire a little bit so we know more about what you're up to. So we have a network of CPA firms in the US and Canada. We'll eventually expand outside of North America. But what we do, 
is that we are focused on clients. And like I said, we're all about better clients, better practice, better life. And so our job, I don't think most accountants, their best skill is developing leads and closing those leads into new clients. That is our best skill at WealthAbility. So we bring in the clients, we get them, they prepay, we get you the fees that you would have gotten had you gotten them yourself. And if there's a differential, we keep it. Okay. So we just keep, if we're able to bill more because of our brand, then, you know, we get, that's how we get paid, but you get paid what you would otherwise get paid if you went out and got this client, but you don't have to spend the time going out and marketing and doing PR and all that kind of stuff, which you probably not very good at to begin with, just to be frank. And we're very good at, so that's a lot of what we do, but we also, we do all the other things that a good network's going to do. The difference between our network and everybody else is that we are very client focused. We're client centric. We're not CPA centric. We're going to help you run the firm so that you can deliver better service. We're going to help you make more money so that you can deliver better service. We're going to help you have better staff so you can deliver better service. But it's all about, remember, the order is clients practice life. It's not life practice clients. Me, um, I think, first of all, you have to take, if you want a few, and by the way, people can just go to wealthability.com and we're happy to talk to you if you want more information. And we do have events and we have one coming up in November. We have one coming up. We, have, we, we always have one coming up. When, uh, whenever this is, we have one coming up. But there are a few things that I would focus on with clients. First of all, take, the, take money out of the situation, okay? So let them know exactly how much you're going to bill. Don't make money. Clients hate surprises. And they particularly hate financial surprises. And so you need to tell them right up front how much it's going to cost and when they're going to pay it. Second of all, don't ever release work without getting paid. That is, that's just you're setting an expectation, which is not good for the client. Okay. It's the client saying you don't value your service. So why should I value your service? And so how you value your service how, yourself really is going to coincide with how your client values your service. So. If you value it, look, I'm, I'll give you a perfect example. I, my very first partner, CPA firm partner, we decided this is 30 years ago. We decided on a general rate of, a, he said, I think we should charge $130 an hour. I said, I'm fine. If you want to charge $130 an hour, I'm going to charge $300 an hour. He says, you're never going to get that. I said, you let me worry about that, but I'll tell you what, I will share my revenue with you based on $130 an hour, and then I'll just keep the rest. And he goes, okay, I don't think you can get it. Then. Then when the money starts coming in, he goes, no, I deserve, I, I, I should get a share of that extra $170 an hour. No, you said you don't believe it. So if you don't believe it, the clients don't believe it. So you have to believe it. The other thing is that the more, I think the more client centric we get, I think the staff is happier because they want, particularly right now, what people want is they want to serve a greater cause. They want more than just money, more than just a job. They want to see the results from what they're doing. They want a purpose. And we hear that all the time. That's the whole, that, that, that's the calling card of the millennial generation. And yet the reality is we all feel that. We baby boomers feel that way. So when you make it about the clients, now you've got a better purpose. Now you've got a purpose. It's not about the partners making money. It's not about how much time I put in. It's not about how much work I do. It's about... How well do I serve the client and what kind of rating do I get from the client? And part of the rating is how well do they pay their bills? That's part of the rating that they're giving you. So really think that 
the more we can focus on the clients and client service and what the clients want, not what we want. I think that I actually think we do end up with better staff, better practice and, and a better life. I really do. Do clients know what they want? I, in general terms, that's a really good question. You do have to dig. You do have to dig sometimes. Y'all have clients all the time saying, I want to reduce my taxes. And I always ask a follow-up question. Why? I don't want to pay taxes. Why not? Because I want more money. Why? What are you going to do with that money? I always go, I want to want the work. When you're starting to do work like reducing taxes, that's hard work. And it requires work from the client. So I need them bought in to what we're doing. And in order for them to be bought in, they need to understand why as well. So you make a really good point, Rob, that you do have to help the client understand. And it's just asking questions. We're t I think the number one job of an advisor is to ask good questions. I think that is our number one job. And if we're not asking good questions, then we're not doing our job. Our listeners, I'm sure, are scribbling notes because you're challenging them. It is challenging for accountants that have done things certain ways for so many years. And that's the qualification. It's all geared up to that. And double entry bookkeeping has been ever this. And they've charged this because the firm's told them to charge this. You're promoting, I won't necessarily say a new way because you've been talking about this for a long time. But for a lot of listeners, this will be a fresh way of looking at client service. I hope so. And I think client service should be fun. I do. I think being a CPA should be fun. And I think we've, over the years, we've taken all the fun, particularly in the last few years, we've taken the fun out of being a CPA and being an advisor. And I think we had to put fun back into it. And the way we put fun back into it is to have relationships with our clients, take money off the table, don't have money be an issue anymore. And let's find out. Okay. So how, you want me to call you once a month? You want me to call you once a quarter? You want me to call you twice a year? What do you want me to do? What, how would you be happiest with my services? And I'm going to do it that way. And I'm not going to do something that is not within my parameters, right? But if your parameters fit my parameters, we're a fit. Love this, Tom. Let's finish on the fun element. If it's not fun, then we shouldn't be doing it. We should look at something else. Tom, we're right. It's been tremendous. We really appreciate your time and your passion and your insights today. Thank you. You're listening to the Accounting Influencers Podcast. Sponsored by Advanced Track, helping you as an accountant confidently choose between outsourcing and offshoring. Yeah.